You're listening to episode 49 of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm and insecurities. I'm your host, Katri Barrett, and with each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious. Because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Happy New Year, beautiful people, and welcome to the new decade. We are officially living in the 20s. Something that most of you know by now I am very excited about. Today I'm going to be talking all about goals and intentions, what they are and how you can set yourself up for success and make the most out of your 2020. I'm going to be encapsulating the process I do for myself and that I work with my one-to-one coaching clients within the next half an hour or so. More than I think ever before, I have a sense of new beginnings, of letting things go. Because for me, not only is it a new decade, but in less than a week, I will also be turning 30. I am saying goodbye to my 20s and embarking on a new and surprisingly welcome chapter for myself. It's funny because turning 30 used to be a huge source of anxiety for me. Long before I was even close to the age, in my early 20s, I had this overwhelming sense of dread and fear around turning 30, which I think is very telling of my state of mind at the time. It was during a period of my life when I was very much trapped in anxiety and depression, and a big trigger for me was this impending sense of doom that I was always running out of time. And for me, 30 seemed like the deadline. At 30, the fun would stop. At 30, I had to have it all figured out, know who I am, what I want, and be extremely successful already and revered in doing those things. All of which I couldn't even comprehend in my early 20s. I was lost, confused, and didn't know what it was I wanted from life at all. With this upcoming birthday, doing my end-of-year review has been especially poignant as I looked back over the last decade that was my entire 20s. Within the last 10 years, I have travelled to many corners of the world for months at a time. I've been suicidal and I've fallen in love with life in a deeply profound way. I've gone to university and almost failed my degree, yet learnt more lessons than I ever knew possible. I've had panic attacks and I found serenity. I've lost myself and found myself many times. I've had heartbreak and I have broken hearts. I've met loves of my life and lost people I love. I had a breakdown and I built myself back up again. I've succeeded and I failed. I found passion and inspiration in areas I never knew. I trained as a massage therapist, Reiki practitioner, yoga teacher and life coach. I started my business and this podcast. Most importantly, I've grown more than a number. And in doing so, I'm no longer afraid of that number. 
I'm excited to embark on this next decade, this new chapter, excited of what is to come. And in doing so, I have this deep sense of trust that whatever happens, whatever I am faced with, I will be okay and I will make the most of it. My biggest takeaway probably from the last 10 years and my 20s is that only I am responsible for my life. When things don't go my way or I feel, say, sad, frustrated or disappointed, no one and nothing else is to blame. And neither am I. How I think and feel is down to me. No one else. What I do and don't do. It was in my 20s that I realised if I want something or my life to turn out in a certain way, I can't just sit back and wait for it to happen. I have to get out there and make it happen. Put the work in. And that certainly isn't the mindset I had when I started my 20s at the beginning of the decade. So I am pretty chuffed with just that achievement to sum it all up. Now, I have learned the power of getting clear on what you want and formulating a plan of action to help you get there in a way that is most connected to your deepest values as an individual. Looking back and reflecting in this way is a truly transformative practice. It's why I created you the end of year uh, review workbook that I shared a couple of episodes ago with you. If you haven't completed it yet, I'd encourage you to do so because today we're going to be taking it further by talking about goals and intentions. You can download it in the show notes of this episode as well as going back a couple of episodes and checking that out too. The reason why it's so important to look back and reflect before we excitedly set ourselves extravagant New Year's resolutions is because there is a lot to learn from the things that haven't gone well and incredibly important to also remind ourselves of all the things that we have achieved. Chances are you're very good at remembering all the jobs you didn't get, all those bad results and failed relationships, but have forgotten or brushed aside many wins. Achievements aren't just about landing your dream job, getting married and receiving external acknowledgements in some form, be it good grades or praise, for example. Looking back over the last year, the last decade, it's important to recognise the less tangible, yet no less notable achievements, such as getting to know yourself better, making a difficult decision, or feeling a deep sense of peace and contentment for the first time in your adult life, just like I have found as I've moved and completed my 20s and I'm heading into my 30s. I recently did this exercise as well with one of my life coaching clients who at first had disregarded the last few years as being one big failure. She felt like she had missed the mark with goal after goal, Her marriage had ended and she'd gone from her dream home into shared housing. But when examined from a place of compassionate reflection, rather than the damnation of her inner critic reminding her of why all her actions of the last few years added up to failure, she realised that there were many hidden, subtle and much deeper achievements that she felt very proud of. She had courageously embarked on a journey of self-discovery that caused her to accept the fact that despite years of patching up a hemorrhaging wound, her marriage was over. 
For the first time in her life, she did something for herself, spoke up for herself and ended the 12-year relationship. A decision that was one of the hardest she's ever had to make and could have been a whole lot easier to just ignore for another decade. Life was okay as it was, it wasn't terrible, but she valued her and her partner's happiness and put that first over the overwhelming shoulds they had been prioritising from family members. At the time, she'd been moving um, into a house with two female housemates from a beautiful flat that she owned with her partner. And she viewed that as 10 steps back on the successful adulting scale. I mean, whoever made that up anyway is a whole other episode in itself. But in actual fact, it turned out to be the catalyst for more self-growth as she thrives off social connection and coming home and cooking with her new group of friends has been the lifeline during a really challenging year. To summarise, looking back at what my client had dismissed as a failure and a bad time with a non-judgmental filter enabled her to forgive the mistakes she's made, accept what had happened and acknowledge the huge achievements of making the hardest decision of her life thus far, reconnecting and appreciating the power of female friendships and getting to know and befriending herself more than she ever has before. So I encourage you to do the same if you haven't already. Obviously, there's a lot that can happen over 10 years. And something that I found really useful was diving back into my old Instagram and Facebook photos to remind myself of times that actually I'd forgotten about, of all the things that I had done that that kind of been put far into the bank of my memory. Look back over your last 10 years and the last year with a fine tooth comb. What were your biggest lessons from the good things that happened and the challenges? What were your achievements, the big tangible ones and the less so tangible ones? Maybe it's just a feeling. What do you need to forgive yourself for and accept for what was? Once you've done this, then you're ready to look forward and set yourself goals and intentions for 2020. As a coach, a big part of what I do is helping individuals and businesses get clear on what it is they want, setting themselves goals that come from those desires, and then working collaboratively to remove any blocks and overcome any hurdles that might prevent them from reaching their goals. Now, my personal approach to goal setting tends to be a little less rigid and prescribed than a lot of coaches, because I believe it is hugely important to take the individual into account. So when I work with coaching clients, we might work a little bit more rigidly to a tangible tangible goal, such as launching a business, or it might be working towards a goal of feeling a certain way. I've worked with clients before to help them feel more spacious or more calm, or the focus might be to work together to help them understand themselves more, why they do and feel things, and what it is they really want from their work, relationships and life. Basically, what I'm trying to say is goals aren't a one-size-fits-all thing. It's important to use them in a way that works for you as an individual. If you don't, that is when you increase the likelihood that you won't achieve them. 
As much as I'd, I'd like to help each and every one of you with this in a way that is specifically designed to best serve the unique and wonderful you, that's only possible when working on a one-to-one um, or in a one-to-one coaching sort of setting. So for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to speak more generally and I encourage you to experiment with what works for you. Thinking of a goal as an endpoint a target for an achievement or doing something. Setting ourselves goal for the future gives us a roadmap and a direction that we need to take things in, in order to get where we want to be. Knowing what you're doing in this way can help you feel motivated and purposeful during days when you might otherwise feel confused and stuck, not knowing what to do. Knowing where you're heading helps you make decisions about what to do and what not to do each morning, each day and each week. When we don't gain this clarity on what we want in this way and set ourselves objectives, this is when we lose focus and risk making decisions that don't serve us or perhaps without ever progressing at all. Most people come to coaching with me because they feel lost and stuck or at a crossroads in life. And this is where setting goals can give them direction. Looking back, I can see how much I would have benefited from this in the past. I spent all of my teenage years and early 20s passively coasting through life. And obviously during that time, it was lots of exams, there was university and there was my first jobs. I had no idea what I wanted. Yet I simultaneously had huge hopes and expectations for my life. And what happened was... I sat around waiting for the good come, good things to come to me without putting in the effort to understand for myself what it was I wanted those good things to be. And most importantly, without putting in the work to make them a reality. In hindsight, it's no surprise that my life wasn't shaping out the way I wanted it to. However, if I had examined things a little closer, become clear on my values, what was important to me, and then set myself some personal goals, I genuinely believe things would have been very different. I was lost and stuck because I wasn't clear on the direction I wanted to go in and lacked the roadmap of having goals. Thankfully, I now understand the power of this. Even as a coach, though, it it doesn't mean that I achieve all my goals or don't feel stuck or confused at times. But the difference is I trust in the process and know that I am the gatekeeper of my own destiny. I mean, that sounds like (laughs) something very corny and cringe from a comic book, but it's so true. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, says or does. I know it is up to me. And that's very empowering to know that the results in life or the way you feel aren't based on anybody else. You are in control. It's really, really powerful. So before I guide you through a process for setting yourself some goals and intentions for 2020, I want to briefly explore what might stop you from achieving them. The first being one of the most common reasons that people never realise their desires, and that is over-committing. When we set our sights too high and set ourselves unrealistic targets, chances are we will end up feeling so overwhelmed that we'll either freeze up and stop taking action, or we'll bolt in the other direction. For example, if you've set yourself the goal of running a marathon in three months' time, 
but you've never even run a 5K before, and in the next three months you've also got a lot of work deadlines, chances are that the prospect of running 26 miles will be so daunting that finding the motivation to get up in the cold dark at 6am every day will cause you to stay in bed and comfort eat throughout the day through self-loathing and disappointment. Whereas if you keep that marathon in mind, but break your goals down into more manageable chunks and something more realistic and achievable, such as I'm going to run three times a week and then doing that and then setting yourself another goal for, okay, I'm going to do 5K, then 10K, then 15K. And perhaps then booking in that marathon when it seems like less of an overwhelming possibility, it seems realistic and achievable. It's also important to acknowledge other commitments you have during the time you're saying it for yourself and the expectations of others to minimise your chances of feeling overwhelmed from overcommitting. Often, less is more when it comes to goal setting, so do bear that in mind. Two other very common obstacles that might have prevented you from reaching your targets before are a lack of knowledge and a lack of or and or actually a lack of confidence. Sometimes the reason why you don't achieve your goal of, say, getting that promotion to senior social media coordinator isn't because you're a failure or you're no good at your job. It's because you just didn't have the knowledge to do so or as much knowledge as one of your colleagues. So when you set yourself a goal, ask yourself, do I have the knowledge I need to make this a reality? If you don't, then perhaps a better goal to start with is to gain that knowledge. Seek out a mentor, do a short course, work with a coach, listen to a podcast on the particular subject or read a book. If you do have the knowledge and understanding of something yet you don't achieve it, chances are it's because you're telling yourself that you aren't good enough, everyone is better than you or you'll be found out as a fraud. Lack of confidence showing up as imposter syndrome and self-doubt is one of the most frequent areas I work with or with my one-to-one clients. You're never going to get to where you want to be if you're telling yourself you aren't good enough to get there. Or if by some miracle you do, you're not going to feel worthy of the success when it comes to you, which just brings with it a whole new world of problems. This leads me on to the last hurdle that will get that could potentially get in your way and those are your thoughts. In order to achieve a goal we need to take a series of actions right. If we want to run that marathon we need to take the actions of getting up and out on multiple runs slowly increasing in distance and length. The actions we take or don't take in lots of instances which ultimately lead us not to achieve our goals are dependent on our feelings and they are caused by our thoughts. When your thoughts run along the lines of I'm never going to be able to finish the marathon, I hate running, I can't be bothered, chances are you'll then feel unmotivated, defeated and not bothered to, to about getting your sneaks on and lapping around the park before work. Whereas if you catch those thoughts and instead think I love how running makes me feel. Getting over that finish line will be one of the biggest achievements of my life. I can do this. You're going to feel excited and energised and therefore far more likely to make it out of bed when your alarm goes off in the dark.
Your action, reaction or inaction is caused by your thoughts. So change your thoughts, change your results. When you try to change an action without changing the thoughts and feelings that are driving it, you are very unlikely to succeed. And this, my friends, is why most New Year's resolutions fail by February. So don't let this be you. A really powerful practice is to examine your goal and ask yourself, who do you need to be in order to make it a reality? What thoughts do you need to be thinking? If you were a successful yoga teacher, fully booked with one-to-one clients, what would you need to be telling yourself via your thoughts? If you want to give a TED talk or write a best-selling book, what do you need to be thinking? Okay, so let's dive into the process of actually setting some goals and intentions for you to make the most out of 2020. Let's start with the difference between goals and intentions, because I think it's important to get clear on that. Think of it as your goals being like the final destination and your intentions are how you want to show up in each moment, each day, when you're working towards that destination, those objectives that you've set for yourself. Intentions are how you want to feel. They're lived each day and they're independent of the outcome. So it doesn't matter the outcome, you can still succeed by acting in a way that is your intention. For example, you might set yourself the challenge of climbing a mountain. Getting to the top might be the goal, but you might set yourself the intention of being mindful of each moment. Without setting yourself this aim, it can be easy to get so caught up in reaching the summit that you forget to enjoy yourself on the way. Beating yourself up for not being fast enough and ultimately having a horrible six-hour torturous schlep up a hill instead of enjoying the process being mindful, catching any berating thoughts instead and uh, and then instead being kind to yourself and enjoying the view on the way up. When you focus on both goals and intentions in this way, you enable yourself to enjoy the journey as well as the destination. Let's face it, most of our lives are spent travelling towards something. They're spent on that journey and the rewards of the kind of end point of those goals are sure to live. So we may as well enjoy it along the way, right? I want to encourage you all to choose a word of the year for yourself. Maybe it is one word, maybe it's a couple of words, or maybe it's even a phrase that encompasses your intent for the year. How you want to be showing up each day whilst working towards your desires, those goals. And this is is what's going to help you enjoy the journey more. Perhaps you've had a bit of a tumultuous year and have felt quite unsettled and choose to take the word grounded into 2020. This will help you when it comes to making decisions and taking actions towards your goal because if something is going to take away from your sense of being grounded, maybe it's best if you find an alternative way of doing things. Once you've settled on your intention for the coming year and decade, you can begin to gain clarity on the best goals to set for yourself. And there are two steps to this, what I like to call the desire dump and the trim back. Start by writing everything down. So grab a notebook and paper, brainstorm what you want to achieve in terms of yourself, your relationships and your business or career. So those three sort of main areas of our lives. When it comes to yourself, what mindset do you want to develop? 
what health or fitness goals, or maybe it's to do with your lifestyle, your home and so on. When it comes to your relationships, do you want to go on more holidays with loved ones, visit your parents more often, improve a relationship with a sibling, gain new relationships, or perhaps perhaps deeper ones? Then when it comes to your career, perhaps you want to write a new CV, get a pay rise, do more networking events, launch a product or a business, or perhaps start doing talks. Just get it all down. And to help you with this, ask yourself, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do and who would you want to be? I'd recommend pausing the episode now and doing this first step for yourself in a notebook before moving on. When you've done that, the next step is to do what I call the trim back. As I mentioned before, overcommitting can be a killer of dreams. So it's really important to prioritise and cull your goals to just a few that are most important to you at this moment in time. It doesn't mean that you're forgetting about the others, but you are far more likely to achieve your objectives when you focus on less and do them well, rather than spreading yourself too thin and risking not achieving any of them. So going through each thing in turn that you've written on your desire dump list, ask yourself, what is the payoff? What would be the benefit of starting that business, going to the gym three times a week or meditating every day? How will it reward you financially, spiritually, energetically or time-wise? Then ask yourself, how will each of those things benefit others, benefit your friends, colleagues, partners, your community, how will it benefit the planet? Now it's important to say that there is no right or wrong when it comes to this and what you choose to prioritise. But I would say if there are things on that list that don't have a large payoff in a variety of ways, make sure they are worth your attention. Could it be that you're better off putting your energy into getting a new job that will give you more money, more time with loved ones, less of a commute and less stress than it would be to learning a new language right now? The more payoffs and benefits the goal has that you can identify, the more this will act as fuel to motivate and drive you towards them and the more likely you are to achieve them. I'm not going to tell you that you should only have two goals or four goals or not to set yourself 10 goals, but just be mindful and smart with your goals. Smart goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time relevant. So don't be be vague by saying things like, I want a pay rise. Be specific. How much do you want to be earning each month? What will you spend the money on? How will it make you feel? Make it measurable by putting a number on it, say £3,000 a month take home after tax. Is it actually achievable for you to earn this much? Make sure that it's realistic and if it's not, adjust the goal. Meet that target and then you can increase it and set yourself another one. And put a time scale on it. So by 20th of September 2020, I'm going to have got a pay rise after two meetings with my boss and that's going to take my salary to 45 k per annum. When we're vague and unmeasured with our goals, we will get vague and unmeasurable outcomes. In other words, we won't get to where we want to be. So let's do a little recap. To make the most out of your year and your decade going forward, start by looking back. What have you learned and achieved? What do you want to let go of? And then look forward and think about the intention you want to take into this decade. Pick your word of the year. 
that you want to be approaching your daily life with, then do that desire dump. Write down everything you want to achieve to do with yourself, your relationships and your business or career. Then trim it back and get clear on what's most important and and prioritise before you write down those tangible SMART goals. Don't forget that I've put this all in a free downloadable workbook for you that you can find in the show notes of this episode or by going to www.catrybarrett.com forward slash year review. I would love to use this wonderful community to keep each other accountable for our goals and intentions throughout the year. So do let me know what you come up with and you set for yourself. Either send me a DM on Instagram at Katri Barrett or drop me an email, hello at katribarrett.com. If you are starting the year feeling deflated or overwhelmed or perhaps stuck, then why not make a positive promise to yourself to make a change? Let's work together to help you break through the blockages that are preventing you from leading a life that makes you excited, that feels satisfying and connected. I currently have only two spaces left to start one-to-one coaching with me this month on my Curiosity Coaching Programme. So reach out to me if you have any questions and to book yourself onto a free 20-minute discovery call with me. Remember, it's okay for goals to change. If things don't go to plan, reassess, refocus and perhaps adjust the goal by breaking it up into more realistic and achievable milestones. Enjoy the process by ensuring you're living by your intentions and be sure to regularly remind yourself of how far you've come already. I can't wait to hear what you've all got in store for the year and to share my goals with you too. So do send me a message letting me know. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you're subscribed and do share it with a friend and leave a rating and review to help others find the podcast. Until next time, stay curious. Bye.